This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome. Welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello and welcome to the Haunted Estate. Here with me, your host, Selena Myers, aka Selena Spooky Boo, that weird girl from TikTok who does weird things. Anyways, welcome back. I'm really excited for this episode because this is some never heard before super confidential information between me and you. We are going to be reading chapter one of my book, which is really scary for me, kind of putting it out there. I feel like it doesn't give away too much, but definitely gets you pulled into the story, which is super, super exciting. But let's talk about a few things first. First, you probably, if you're watching the visual, you notice that there is a lump on my desk. This is my new desk puppy. This is Molly. She's not a puppy. She is nine years old, but she is the sweetest little bean in the whole world, and she loves to just be with her mom. So I think she's going to be on every podcast. So you, right now, listening to the audio know that in front of me is a little dog, a virtual dog for you to pet. Reach your hand out. Reach it out. Don't feel silly. Pet the air. You're petting Molly and she likes it and that's great. But in other dog news, I have to tell you really quick because this won't be out on Thursday. We are recording this on Sunday. By the time you hear this, my TikTok will be flooded by puppy content because it has been months in the making, but we are having a new puppy come. Very weird story. First, her name is Gucci and she is the sweetest bean in the entire world. I was literally scrolling TikTok and I saw this woman. Her name is Lauren. She is freaking amazing. She she like helps run this rescue called Poet in America. If you don't know, I am Canadian, about an hour away from Toronto. She went into a hoarding situation, over 100 dogs. When I talk about what you think of a hoarding situation with dogs, that is what this was like. Like, I'm talking huge mats, horrible situation. Anyways, I went deep. I got into the scroll. I can't not get into the scroll when puppies are involved. And I might have commented, hey, do you have any black puppies? And they showed me one and it was um, an identical dog to my little Molly that we have right here. And in that moment, my heart melted and I was like, I don't need a dog. And Adam was like, you don't need a dog. But then my brain did what brain does and was like, you need this dog. So it's been really hard because of COVID and stuff. We haven't been able to get her over. So she's on the older age of a puppy here, but she is coming over and I feel, you know, I was always a person who's like, I'm going to get an older dog, but you know what? She needed a home too. Every single dog in our house is senior and I'm really excited for there to be some new energy around here. I know our oldest dog, Max, we've gotten some bad news about him lately, but he loves puppies and I just can't wait to see him light up and just get another, just, just another 
poof of life in him. I think it's going to be exciting. So another little fluffy black puppy coming hopefully tonight. We're going to be like probably going out in the dead middle of the night to get this dog from the borders. So wish us luck on that. Hopefully I haven't jinxed things and Thursday comes and she is here and nothing tragic did happen. But guys, today is important. We are going to be reading chapter one of my book. A lot of people still don't know that I am a writer and I do a lot of my writing live on TikTok people would watch and they're like, what is she doing? She's not talking to us. And it's because I was writing. And I did. I wrote a book called Hollow and it is not out yet. We are working on editing, but I am so excited. I, my books are very serious. None of them are funny. Um, I love spooky stuff. Obviously you are listening to The Haunted State and I am Selena Spooky Boo. I know that most of my content is comedy, but ghosts are my whole life. Spooky stuff is my whole life and there's nothing I love more than vampires. So of course this book is about vampires. Adam, I have to ask you, you know, I've written for years. What is your favorite book of mine? Probably Clandestine House. Yeah. What's your favorite about it? I don't know. It was just the story, like the way the story brought you along. It kept you guessing. It was intricately wrote in the aspect that there was aha moments Mm -hmm. and you didn't know what was going on and you didn't realize she was in certain places or maybe certain realms or yeah it was it was really cool and that big dirty twist at the end yeah yeah it was it was awesome i even like rewriting the part that probably is my favorite book people like that i've spoken to like people will buy all the books and like clandestine house is it i've even had like directors reach out at a point and be like this needs to be a movie and i'm like yeah i totally think so i agree so (laughs) hopefully one day clandestine house will be a lot of people have asked me to like continue the story of clandestine house i definitely left it open-ended it could be a whole thing kind of like hell house do you know what i mean on netflix anyways hollow is written to be the first of a series i should you okay my first book the home reader paranormal journey was all of like my ghost stories how i got into the world of the paranormal um then there was clandestine house fun story wrote it in like six days listening to billy eilish bury a friend on repeat totally inspired blackwick falls but now this book which i have never been so proud of something in my whole life it is my longest book and a lot went into it. It took over a year to write, which was a bit different for me, but I feel like I evolved as a person while I was writing it, and I think that that kind of shows in the writing, and I have an amazing editor, Lynette, and she has just helped me build this into something absolutely amazing and beautiful, and it's one of the things, yeah, I'm anxious about it, just like I am every TikTok video, every Instagram post, every everything. Everything is terrifying when you put it out in the world. Because there's going to be people that don't like that. There's going to be someone who finds a problem with you no matter what's going on. Luckily, it's usually not you that's the problem. It's them. But, you know, it is scary. When you put yourself out there, you're going to get criticism. Do I like reading the reviews of my books? No. I don't, but I look at the stars and they're doing pretty good. (laughs) So I just hope that that's a good thing. Before I get into reading this, okay, I'll give you a little premise. So, Hollow, it is about a girl named Mia and vampires. That's all I'm going to say. I know you thought I was going to go deep there, but I don't want to give too much away. You can read the back of the book or, you know, the Amazon description. (laughs) Also, I have not read out loud in a very long time, except for the other day. I was just look at me. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know what is up with me lately, but my words are not functioning. See? <laughs> I'm just, just slow down, sweetheart. Slow down. So I'm going to try and do that. But yeah, if I mess up, 
please just ignore it. You're probably going to hear some things that are a little awkward, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing show and tell time and this is my sharing season. But oh, also, I know I'm going to get the questions. If you do want to check out all my other books, they are on Amazon, link in bio everywhere. Um, and also don't forget Amazon, Selena Myers, just search that. You can find them there. So the book starts, there is a prologue, which I'm not going to read to you. It is literally 7,000 words. It sets up the past. So it's actually set in the 1700s, um, where the book is actually set in present day. So I'm not going to read you that because that just kind of like gives you some backstory, which I don't want you to have right now. So we're going to jump into chapter one, and I'm probably not going to read you the end little bit because that's just too juicy, too juicy to handle on the haunted estate today. <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <sighs> Getting into my good read abilities. Perfect. <clears throat> Chapter one. The dusty embroidered edges of the curtains that framed Mia's double-paned windows woke her as they moved in smooth ripples across her face. Nearly every morning of her life began this way. No matter the temperatures, Mia was in love with the night and the breeze that it brought. Her mother would storm into her bedroom and slam down the window. No matter how many times her mother asked her to just leave the window be, she couldn't. When Mia was younger, she thought that her mother was more concerned with the energy bills than anything else. She had no idea that there was such a thing as bad people who liked to sometimes crawl through windows and steal little girls. This made zero sense to her, as the people who did make their way into her room didn't need windows, or even a door. They never meant her any harm, and her mother knew this. Her mother also knew that Mia was the only one who could see these people. 
Her mother, Elizabeth Adair, a world-renowned psychiatrist and leader in the parapsychology community, until she was in her early teens, Mia was her mother's most famous case. She was born with the ability to see things and hear things that other people didn't. From the day she started speaking, it was about the people in her bedroom. Seeing these strangers was as normal to Mia as breathing. Sometimes she was visited a few times a week, sometimes every night. Some of these people spoke to her, but most did not. It seemed that just being seen or acknowledged was enough for them. Mia, d Mia didn't know what happened to the people after they disappeared, but she liked to think that they crossed over into the afterlife. Every so often, someone would ask her to give their loved ones a message, but usually before she could find out their name, they were gone. The spirit disappeared, as if simply being there to hear their final words of love or confessions of wrongdoing was enough to release them from their earthly ties. Elizabeth hated being home ever since her husband Ben was killed in a car accident when Mia was seven and little Mallory was only three. She wasn't completely absent from their lives. She just wasn't there as much as a parent should have been. Elizabeth and Ben loved each other fiercely. In the first year after Ben's death, Elizabeth was lost. She had a daughter who could speak to people on the other side, yet the father of her children never came through. Mia and Elizabeth spent countless nights on the living room floor with a room full of candles, but there was no sign of Ben. Mia felt like she was letting her mother down. Elizabeth always reminded her that she wasn't, but the frustration was evident in her eyes. Mia and her father had been exceptionally close, and if he wouldn't have come to her, it meant he had already passed over. That meant no final words for the love of his life, and it left Elizabeth feeling empty. In the years after Mia's father died, Elizabeth Adair often dropped the girls off at Slowburn, the local hybrid coffee bookshop, on weekend mornings so she could meet with various clients over brunch. She'd kiss them on their cheeks and, and slide them a $5 bill into each girl's hand before taking off in whatever fashionable sedan she was driving that year. The store was one of several, located in an old garment factory. The wooden slats on the floor and the brick walls at the front and the back of the building were original. Scuffs on the hardwood showed where the woman had repeatedly pushed back their chairs over the course of a century. Holes in the beams overhead marked where racks once hung with finished with newly finished blouses and coats. Every corner of the place smelled musty, and every floorboard was slightly offset from its neighbors. The shop rarely carried new releases, specializing more so in weird old books as well as local interest nonfiction. It was the kind of place where they wanted you to enjoy a book with your coffee, not feel pressured to buy. Mia loved to pick out a bizarre title and curl up in one of the overstuffed, mismatched chairs. Her favorite spot was just underneath one of the windows, where a steam seamstress from an unknown time had scratched TM plus LK into the wood. The initials were faded, but they were like a secret message from the past, a physical reminder of people who had once walked these floors. Mr. Horvath, the owner, had welcomed them wordlessly, as if it was the most natural thing in the world to have two uncompanied miners spend the day with him on Saturday mornings. He would waddle his way down the road and unlock the doors for both him and the girls, making them a pod of strawberry green tea or perhaps a nice earthy robus before flipping the sign open. 
Most kids would prefer to spend their weekends with friends or scootering around the local strip mall, but not Mia. She was happiest sitting in the chair reading books. Most of the time, she and Mr. Horvath didn't speak. They just existed in the same space until Elizabeth breezed in the door to collect her daughters. As Mia visited the world, uh, the world in the pages of Mr. Horvath's book collection, she found pieces of herself. Mallory outgrew the shop in junior high and spent her weekends hanging out with her friends. But by the time Mia could drive, she was working at Slowburn on Friday evenings and weekend mornings. It seemed to be the only time she stayed out of trouble. She wasn't a delinquent, but when she was bored, she tried desperately to erase the feeling. So sometimes, instead of attending math, she'd end up smoking cigarettes in the basement of the high school under the science wing. When she was supposed to be in history, she was instead making out with someone under the bleachers in the football field. Elizabeth was worried about Mia, but she graduated on time and without an arrest or suspension on her record. School was tedious, but the weekends were less so, thanks to Mr. Horvath and his book collection. Mia looked at her phone. She had exactly 42 minutes before she had to be in her car, heading down the lane towards work. She planned to work at Slowburn through college, but the shop had closed down six years ago. Mia didn't want to think about that now. These days, she worked at a bookstore chain, which was the only bookstore in town now. She didn't know at the age of 18 she'd still be working there at 24. It was the kind of job that was only supposed to fill a gap year between high school and college, that magical year where responsibilities were full, were few, and the days were full of a fun part-time jog, job, friends, and drinking. But time just got away from her. After high school, college seemed like a waste of time and money. She had so many dreams and ideas of careers, but no idea of who she really was or what she really wanted to do with the rest of her life. After all, she peaked before puberty and was a household name in the paranormal community even before Elizabeth wrote a book about her three years ago. The book itself had become the paranormal community's version of porn. After its publication, Mia started receiving messages from strangers who spent late nights diving deep into the web to find her. Various social media accounts, hoping that she could help them contact their loved ones. Unfortunately for them, she didn't have anything to offer them. Her gift disappeared in the rearview mirror along with her childhood. It was as if becoming a woman was the only thing her soul wanted to focus on. As if, as the curves appear, the voices stopped. It left her feeling a bit useless. A one-hit wonder. It wasn't a bad deal, though. The royalty from Elizabeth's book went straight into Mia's checking account, and her mother traveled the world to speak at paranormal conferences. It was hard for her as an adult to picture the things she witnessed as a child, but she could remember standing beside her mother on a stage in front of thousands. People would come onto the stage when called, and Mia would tell them things about their dead relatives and friends, repeating what she was told by spirits that no one else could see. She watched them look longingly for their loved ones, the living people standing in front of them with tear-filled eyes before fading away. One of her most vivid memories, however, was the accident. It was a warm August morning when Mia was ten years old that her mother explained to both her and Mallory what bad people were, not realizing the fear she was instilling in her, instilling in her oldest daughter. That afternoon, when her mother left to take Mallory to her dance lesson, Mia swiftly pulled on her red, her red rubber boots and rummaged around the dilapidated shed that should have fallen summers ago 
in search of the antique fox trap that her father had hidden in the back corner. Mission accomplished. Mia carried the metal jaws out into the high sun of the afternoon and stood beneath her gabled bedroom window. There was no way to get in without using a ladder. Nevertheless, she bent back the sides of the metal with her tiny fingers, clicking the fastener into the rusty hole. She placed the trap in the garden under the window and took some leaves to cover any tiny bits of metal that were rusted and could potentially reflect the moonlight. She took a few steps back to observe what her mind was what in her mind was a foolproof plan that would keep her and her little sister safe. That night, as the warm summer breeze rolled over her uncovered skin, she slept deeply and without dreams. But the next morning she was awoken not by the curtains drifting over her face, but by the loudest howl she had ever heard. She flew out of bed and stuck her head through the window. Below was Mr. Charles, the gardener, writhing on the ground in agony. The seventy-two-year-old neighbor had lived on a few acres of land next door and had been helping take care of the Adair property since Ben died. No! Mia cried out as she saw the trap gnawing at the man's left ankle like a shark. How did I forget Mr. Charles? she thought as she took the stairs three at a time. She had dialed 911 from the hall phone before her mother stumbled out of her room in confusion. That was the dream Mia woke up with today. The memories of that horrific day. The accident, as she always referred to it in her mind. Living in her head and playing like a movie on repeat. Ugh. Mia kicked the sheets off in the warm breeze. The warm breeze all more kicked the sheets off as the warm breeze already promised a scorcher of the day. She took one step out of her bed to close the window, which made a groan as she struggled to push it into place. As she flipped back the latch, she started down she stared down at the spot she had seen Mr. Charles lying that long ago morning. She almost expected him to still be laying there. His arms reached up into the sky as if God himself was about to reach down and help him. Her dream usually ended with Mr. Charles' face blanched in pain, and now her mind was forced to recall the week that followed the accident. When Mr. Charles' ankle fell, it shattered, and he also shattered his hip as he fell on one of the field stones that rested untouched around the yard. That morning was the last that Mr. Charles would see anything but the yellow hospital walls. From her bedroom window, Mia could see Mrs. Charles as she walked to her door for the first six mornings after the accident. The old woman maneuvered her arthritic joints to her silver Toyota before backing out of the drive and towards the hospital. As Mia tried to force herself to sleep every night, the Toyota's lights would flash on her wall. She would get up to watch Mrs. Charles hobble back into the house alone. A moment later, she saw a single light switch on in the kitchen as the woman measured herself half a can of cat food for the cat. Mia had not confessed that she had been the one to set the trap. She had been sure that her mother would have known immediately, but there hadn't been at least a, even a suggestion that Mia had placed the contraption. The, rustle, the rusty metal of the trap made it look like it had been out in the elements for at least a decade. At first, Mia had been too scared about being punished to say anything, but once the adults had decided that it was just an accident, she knew she had to correct them. But how? For an entire week, she lived with the sickness of guilt eating her alive. She knew the longer this went on, the more trouble she'd be in, that everyone would look at her differently. On the seventh day, the Toyota didn't leave the driveway, but was joined by two other sedans. 
Mia already knew why. She had been awoken that morning, just before the sun was a glimmer on the horizon, by a warm hand gently patting her on the shoulder. Her eyes opened slowly and she turned her head, expecting to see her mother. It had been her first solid sleep since the accident, but it wasn't her mother she saw. It was Mr. Charles. Gasping, Mia sat up and looked at his legs. There was no gauze, no crutches. Mr. Charles, what are you doing here? Mia whispered. Hello, kiddo, he replied. I didn't mean to frighten you. I just wanted to see you. He reached out a hand to hold hers, his eyes looking bright. Are you okay? Mia's voice broke and tears started to pool at the corners of her eyes. Oh, I'd say I'm better than okay, the old man said, letting out a small laugh. I'm sorry, Mia said, relief washing over her. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I just, I want to keep the bad people from getting in. Mr. Charles smiled down at her. I don't want you to worry about what happened, kiddo. It was an accident. Let's keep this one between us, okay? Mia squeezed her eyes shut. Tears spilled down her cheeks. Okay. She sniffled hard and then looked back up into his face. He looked a bit wavery. She blinked her eyes into focus. But it wasn't the tears. Mr. Charles was slowly fading, his kind smile never leaving his face until he was finally gone. Mia was left holding hands with nothing but air. Okay, she repeated to the empty room, her hand falling back to her bedside. Mr. Charles was not the first spirit to visit her bedroom, and he certainly was not the last. Now she stood stretching, looking over the two acres into the forest, as she wondered how something that happened over twelve years ago could still live so vividly in her brain. Every night she would set an intention of what she wanted to dream about, just like all the books her mother had gifted her for birthdays and Christmases said she should. Mia rolled her eyes and headed for the shower, but not before stopping at the full-length mirror that stood angled at the bedside bookshelf. Mia took in her frame. Her shape wasn't skinny, but it wasn't quite fat. Her gaze shifted to her face. A petite nose and almond eyes were her mother's, but from the pictures that sat at her bedside, she could see she was a carbon copy of her father. Her soft chin and dark eyes and hair, the high cheekbones. Mia knew she was average, but she didn't mind. She felt lucky. She didn't hate how she looked like most, girl, like most girls she went to high school with did. Her skin wasn't perfect. The curves of her body were soft and smooth. She had tiny stretch marks in all the usual places, but everything fit her perfectly. As a little girl, she would trace the small pink lines that scattered her mother's stomach and thought they were beautiful, like shiny ribbon. It blew her mind that society frowned upon them and manipulated women into spending money and time to erase all the bits and pieces that they deemed unsightly, but made them unique. The only thing that ever made her truly insecure was the darkness of her eyes. Her mother and Mallory both shared bright blue eyes and light brown hair, but Mia's irises were so deep brown they almost blended with her pupils. The kids at school used to call her witch and demon. For a few years, Mia dyed her hair and tried to wear blue contacts, but the dye job was too time-consuming and the contacts irritated her eyes, so eventually she cut her hair off and threw out the contacts. Now, she fully appreciated the girl that looked back out of the mirror. 
Her black hair pulled around her shoulders, and the extra 20 pounds she had put on since high school settled into places she liked. If only we could have the same confidence in our teens as we do our 20s, Mia reflected. She flipped her head over and twisted her hair into a bun at the top of her head, gave herself a wink and headed for the shower. It was time to stop procrastinating and getting back to her mundane life. She had opened the doors to the books. She had to open the book. She had to open the doors of the bookstore before her manager Mark lost his bananas. As her hair air dried, Mia did her makeup at record speed, a sharp winged liner and maroon lips. She opened her closet and looked for a decent outfit for the day. Most of her clothes were in earthy tones, greens, browns, blacks. She also had a great collection of dresses with prints and books and space and other fun patterns. Chunky shoes were an essential part of her wardrobe. She decided on a black opaque tight and her favorite black day or night dress and adorned the outfit with a monogram necklace that said Daddy. Sometimes people thought it was a sexual innuendo, but Mia didn't care. It was the last item of jewelry she wore was a simple silver band that she wore around her right ring finger. The first time she'd ever smelt the first time she had ever felt the smooth metal of her father's ring was from outside of a small manila envelope four days after her father's accident. Mia woke to her mother sitting on the edge of her bed, facing the wall. She didn't stir for what seemed like ages, and only after Mia's small voice broke the air. Elizabeth turned as if in shock. Once she recovered, she pressed the envelope into Mia's hands, telling her it was hers. She had hung it from a small chain around her neck until she was a teenager, when her mother took it in to be sized. Now it fit perfectly, and she hadn't taken it off for years. The steps were cold as Mia made her way to the kitchen. She could smell the burnt Pop-Tarts before she saw Mallory's face. "'Morning, baby girl!' Mia called out to her sister, who was sitting at her computer, typing furiously. Uh, her sister grunted before looking back at the keyboard. "'Wow, is the world gonna end?' Mia laughed as she grabbed an orange and began to peel it. Mallory slammed the laptop shut. I think I give up. I'm not even kidding, Mallory stormed. She was 21 years old, and she had her sights set on law school. Having grown up in Mia's shadow, she needed to always be the best at everything. It had been easy for her in high school when she was mixed in with a group of kids from every walk of life. Ones who wanted to be anything from doctors to hairdressers, and even the ones who seemed to think smoking pot was a full-time job. It was just so easy for Mallory to stand out when she was the best back then. Now she was in a cornucopia of overachievers, where everyone had to be the best of the best in their school. She was now competing with students that were just as ambitious as she was, and who got the grades to match. The past two years had been a dose of the real world, and Mallory had slowly been spiraling, working harder than ever to pull the same top grades that had once come so easily to her. All this school year, she had complained about everyone in her class and how everyone and everything was just an asshole. All lawyers were assholes, and even she was becoming an asshole. Mia tousled her sister's blonde hair and pulled the glasses over her face. Mal, you don't look like you've slept a wink. No, I did. Last night. I mean, the night before last night. She squinted at the clock above the kitchen window. Wednesday night. It's Friday morning, Mia said laughing, but observing the bags under Mallory's eyes. You need to go to bed. But I have class at ten, Mallory protested. Not today you don't. 
Mia replied firmly. You can't, you can afford to miss one lecture. I can't, I need to have some fun tonight and hit the bar and dance. For that, I need you, not whatever zombie you're going to be by then. Go. Mallory looked at the top of her laptop in defeat. Okay. Good. Mia gently pulled the laptop towards her while her sister eyed it, as if contemplating a final grab for the overheated piece of metal and plastic. Keep an eye out for Cooper, Mal grumbled as she trudged towards the hallway. He wouldn't come in after breakfast. It was normal for the seven-year-old golden retriever to disappear from the house for hours at a time. He loved the fresh air and sniffing out rabbits and squirrels and always had to be coaxed back inside the house. Cooper loved being free. Mia grabbed a few granola bars, plucked her keys from the front rack. Oh yeah, Mallory called over the banister. Tell me if that weird girl comes in today and what she buys. <laughs> Will do. Mia gave her sister a thumbs up and headed out the door. <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. <laughs> this is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy the horror show. That is the end of chapter one. Oh, oh, I thought it was longer. I forgot that we cut them up in half. That's really juicy. That gives you a little tiny tidbit. Are you interested? Are you? I hope you are. I hope you think it's magic because I think it's magic and I think it's juicy. Kind of want to read you chapter two. I don't know. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to close this. Laptop is closed, so I can't. But guys, that is chapter one of Hollow. Um, as I said, there's a prologue that goes before that. That is chapter one. You got a little look at Mia's life. You got a little look at Mia's world, who she is as a person. And I hope that you would like her, guys. It goes so deep. Something that is really obvious here and, and I will talk about is Mia ends up having to choose between two different families of vampires. 
that can be told because that will be on the back of the book but it's super juicy how do we get there how is she gonna have to choose what is gonna happen to me do you think she's gonna die why do they want her parts of their families there's so many juicy questions that will be answered in this book and i think that you're gonna love it but one thing i really want to talk to you about before we go right here is um just gold chasing okay and dream chasing and i think it's really important um i recently went to Candace wonderland <laughs> this is really random and i was really blown away because i took pictures with over like 300 people which blew my mind but i met a woman that day and every once in a while i'll ask someone you know oh molly's stretching i will ask someone what do you like most like what what are you into and people are usually like oh i love your sleepwalking videos or i love your tie-dye or i love your ghost videos and this one woman was like i like your drive and that really touched me and she's like I like how much you've achieved. I love that you're a businesswoman and you've said you want to do these things and you just did it. And the truth is, action does mean a lot more than words, but it meant a lot to me. In these past two years, you know, there's been TikTok, there's been YouTube, there's been my beauty brand, now there's the podcast and the books, and I know it all seems like a lot, but I did this all in baby steps. And truth is, I am a hard worker because... I don't know if it's the way I was raised or the hardships that I've been through, but I've always felt like I've had to fight extra hard to get things. And that's normal in life. You know, things, there's people out there where things just seem to happen for them and things fall right into their laps and they don't have to work that hard. And I have, I have had to work really hard to get where I am. And I want you to just not give up. And I know whoever you are listening to this right now, this isn't me and thousands of other people listening to this. This is me and you. Whatever there is in your world that you want to be in six months or a year, I want you to know that it's possible. Everything's possible. If every single day you make one action, and I know you probably have a couple of people in your life that are going to tell you you're crazy, that are going to tell you that you're horrible, or are going to say that you're dreaming. And that takes me back to Christmas of 2019. It was probably one of one of the days where I literally recorded myself because I have a video on my phone where I was like, this was one of my hardest days. I remember someone had told me that I was just playing I had just reached like 2 million on TikTok and they're like, oh, you're just playing. You're not going to get anywhere with this. And that same person now who was my biggest enemy then is now one of my biggest fans. And it's hard because it took me being successful for them to see it. But even when you have these people around you and they're saying, oh, you're dreaming. Oh, you're just having fun. Oh, you're just doing this. You need to look at those people and not listen to them. You need to look at those people and just be like, wow, they really don't get it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you want to be a TikTok star. Maybe you want to have a bakery. Maybe you want to write a book. I want you to know it's all possible and not everything has to take a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? That holds so many people back thinking, hey, oh, I want to start a podcast, but I don't have money. Record it on your phone. Upload it to Apple. There's these baby steps. Maybe you want to learn something. You think, oh, I need to take a course. YouTube it. Anything that you want to do, there are people out there with free avenues to help teach you to be anything or anyone that you want to be. But anytime that you watch this or anytime you see me, I want you to remember that all of this stemmed from a dark place. Before I started TikTok, 
I didn't know who I was and you know my life was hard and Adam's life was hard and we really weren't sure what life was going to be like but you know we worked so hard and on top of that we manifested and I hate to be that person I have a friend always say to me I'm not into that manifesting shit but when you truly look and you set your goals and you think about it and you envision yourself happening having it and it happening it really can help so if you can leave today with anything please just understand that no matter what is going on, it will get better. And no matter where you want to be, you'll get there. Just take one little step at a time. Be haunted by the good stuff. Being haunted doesn't have to be bad. I'm haunted by funny, weird bullshit, and I love it. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Haunted Estate. It would mean so much right now when this ends. Whatever app you're in, hey, I'm really hoping it's Apple, but whatever app that you are in, please rate and review my podcast that's what gets us in the charts honestly that is it it's not even downloads it is just those rating reviews so if you want to give me five stars i will grow a wiener and have a bone i just saw a cardinal there's a cardinal outside there it's a sign i am supposed to talk about, <laughs> about this adam reminded me um other than rating and review please check out my youtube that is one of the things that holding me back at this moment guys everybody be blowing up on youtube and no one likes my videos did you know i stay at haunted hotels i make full ass documentaries about staying at haunted hotels i make funny compilation videos i did the hot ones challenge where i literally ate hot sauce which this bitch right here does not do when i tell you that my hole my back hole i'm sorry well, Adam, how much was I yelling? Yeah, it didn't seem pleasant. It wasn't. Why'd you? How do you get through eating hot chicken wings? I don't know. Just There's built no different. Sound. Built, built different. different. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, please go check out my YouTube channel. Um, obviously you know I'm on TikTok. That's probably where you're from. But don't forget to check out my books. Go to you know link in all my bios. Go check um Amazon. Search Selena Myers. We also have merch coming out pretty soon. Don't forget this Halloween we have a huge makeup collection coming up. So many things are coming your way. So there, selfless plug. Okay, I love you guys so much, and I hope to see you next Thursday. We are going to have Lord Court on, and we are going to be talking about what is like to be haunted by mental illness i think that you guys will love that episode and i absolutely can't wait to see you guys don't forget hey share this on all the platforms if you want to i love you guys stay spooky boo crew i love you